Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm Courtney. And I'm MK. And how are you? You know, not great, but like, that's fine. It is what it is at this point in my life. Um, Last weekend was Dan's birthday. Yeah. And I was like feeling bad because I really wanted to take him to the Bills game. And um, it just didn't work out because playoff games are hard and to get to. And I'd like, so there just wasn't room in the box and it didn't work. Then we watched the Bills game and I was like, kind of glad we didn't go. Right. Glad you didn't get there. But Dan is a twin. Mm -hmm. Which means that like his entire life, his birthday has been shared with someone. And he... Like, a typical Aquarius just, like, does not even care because he does not like attention. Right. Um, but I hate that. As an Aries, yeah. I Like, as an Aries, I just, I hate the idea that your birthday is not about you. And, like, also, like, then I didn't decide to do that to take away from it being his sister's birthday. Like, I still got him, his sister a gift and, like, spent some time with her, too. But I, like, I wanted something to be special. Mm-hmm. But... Couldn't take him to the game. And I, like, couldn't take him away anywhere because it's also his sister's birthday. And he doesn't like cake. Weirdo. So uh, I made homemade butterbeer ice cream. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, like, made, like, and, like, so we had, like, butterbeer floats and everything. And... Um, apparently then his mom and his sister and his brother were talking about it for like days about how, how good it was. And he was like, so now I expect it for every holiday. And I was like, okay. And he was like, I'm just kidding. I can't even imagine how hard that was. I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. It took me 45 minutes. That's so easy. It was so easy. (laughs) So, um, if anybody wants to make ice cream, it's actually not that hard. Apparently, I mean, and to be fair, like no churn homemade ice cream is not the texture that you're going to get when you buy a gallon of ice cream. Like, right. but the biggest problem is that it you have to it has to set for seven hours, so like you can't make it right that morning yeah. and like you can't make it and expect it to be ready. Like that's just not a thing that's going to happen. You got to think about it. Um, but yeah, um, and I think that was the last good moment of the week. You know, it happens. We uh, we used to make ice cream at, like, Girl Scout camp, so I'm familiar with the idea of, like, homemade ice cream. Okay, but and, did, you, um, did you make the, like, ice cream in a bag ice cream at Girl Scout camp? We did, but then my parents, we did homemade ice cream at the house, and then okay. we did it so often that we bought one of the, like, homemade ice cream churn things. Okay. So yeah. I've been through all the phases of ice right, cream. Right, because with my summer camp kids last year, I did ice cream in a bag, like, with the rock salt on the outside, yeah. and it was horrible. Oh, ours was not um, terrible when it came out, but... Well, no, the, the ice cream itself tasted fine, but the getting it frozen... Oh, yeah. That was a process. And I was working with little kids, and they mm-hmm. could not understand the length of time in the process. They would either shake the bag so badly that, like, the rock salt would eat through the plastic, and then they really couldn't eat the ice cream. Or they would, like, not shake it enough and then get mad that it wasn't getting cold. And I was like, this is 
atrocious. I don't, and then they were like swinging it around and the water was melting. And then I had like puddles under the ceiling. And I was like, I, I never want to be a part of this again. Yeah. But, um, the one I did last weekend, I just needed an electric mixer. Like I, I yeah. did, like I hand whipped my own cream basically. Right. And it was wonderful. That makes way more sense. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I wasn't doing it in a bag in my kitchen. That would be right. stupid. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Um, also, Dan shares a birthday with um, Rachel's husband, Nick. Oh, that's so Fun great. Fact. Fun fact. So that only- I saw you. I saw you had posted about Dan's birthday and I was like, what day is it? And then I was like, oh my gosh, it's Nick's birthday. I should text. <laughs> well, yeah, but that, that you do realize that if both of your best friends have husbands with the same birthday, you then have to find a husband with the same birthday so that we can just always have the same. Like, mm, I don't want an Aquarius. Like, sorry, not sorry. Like. <sighs> Dan, is a Dan is a double Aquarius Sagittarius with a Capricorn Venus. That is too mild. <laughs> it is it's so so mild <laughs> no no two miles bless his heart good for him oh in this his precious precious little baby yeah he's he's solidly not a baby he is a whole 33 years old but like he's right, a precious he's a little baby but yeah yes. <laughs> love that love that will not be finding an aquarius husband maybe not finding a husband we'll see that's that still has not been decided by me or for me yet. So we'll see where that goes. Um, How are you though? Not married. Um, otherwise, fine. Probably because of that. Um, I <laughs> I broke my gate. I'm sorry. I just. Oh my god! It's been um, a week. Yeah, I'm making it. Um, like I said, I was sick all weekend. Um. So I just watched a lot of shows. I am solidly into Supernatural now. Oh. Um, I don't know if I talked about that, but I finally, I started it with my parents because none of us had watched yeah. it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I'm on the third season now. That's amazing. I, so I binge watched a lot of it while I was trying to decide what I was going to watch because like, since I was sick, I was like, I don't want to watch just one show. Like, I can't watch my like watching show. Yeah. I need like a season to watch and then another season. Like I need different things. So I did watch a lot of good shows. I watched The Recruit finally on Netflix. Very okay. good. Um, I feel like I had something relevant to say about this, and now I um, nothing, no idea. I didn't. I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you um, what I, that my parents uh, made me watch something with them. Okay, here's the thing about my watching TV with my dad. My dad will be like, "This show is so good. You have to watch it with us." And then we'll watch like five episodes together on a Saturday, and then I'll come home on Tuesday, and he'll be finishing it without right. me. Right. Right. Um, so I watched four episodes of Wednesday. What'd you think? And I loved it. Yeah, you but did. And I came home and he was watching it without me and I got angry and went to bed and I haven't finished it. Like the amount of shows that I've started with someone, they finished it without me and I got mad and never watched it since. Like I'm telling you going on 15, 20 years. I know we've talked about this before. Yeah. I understand yeah, yeah. that, but it's still true. Yeah, no. And I so still feel I, just as angry about it. So I will probably never watch the end of Wednesday um, because... I get it. That's the only valid reason. <laughs> because I watched five episodes with my dad and then he just continued. They have confirmed a second season though. But like, maybe when the second season comes out, you can finish the first one and go on Maybe. 
maybe but, but i also we'll like see. totally understand if you just like completely boycott it for the rest of your life right so, so there's that um there's a new season of rupaul's drag race out Ooh. i don't know if you have been watching that no um the bachelor came back on monday yeah saw that and it was terrible mm, bummer um not back on the train yet sorry i'm still yeah. on that no, but I'm I'm so mad because right now my the only two of my actual weekly shows that are out are RuPaul and The Bachelor, and they're both mediocre. Mm. So yeah, I'm in a TV slump. Well, stay tuned. I will tell you every show you need to go watch right now. But it's fine. I watch a lot. Um, Recruits good though. You should watch it. Okay, it's got that Noah guy in it. I think his name's Noah. He was in the All the Boys You Love Before or something. Never oh, Noah Centennial. Yeah, Noah Centeo. Ten, yeah. Ten, this Centineo. is literally the Cent- only yeah. thing I've seen him in because I haven't watched any of those other well, things. Well, he's like, he's like one of those things that everybody's like, oh, he's the hot new thing. And that's when I figure out that I'm old because when people are like, yeah. this guy's so hot. And then I look at him and he's 20. I'm like, oh, mm, I'm I'm an old lady now. Got yeah. it. Cool. Like, he's that- in the show, but it's a good show. So like you should watch it anyways, regardless, <laughs> regardless yeah. of this guy and his yeah. youth. But um, yeah. You know what is great though? Yeah, our spirituality. It is our Probably. spirituality is fantastic. And actually, um, I think that this is something that we both need this week. Great. So so much. Today's spiritual affirmation: Breathe in the good shit and breathe out the bullshit. Love it. Totally. Thousand percent. Yeah, it is. It is a time. It has been on a time. It has been a time. January 2023 might go down as the most chaos I've ever experienced in my life. Maybe. <laughs> I'm thinking through January and I was like, yeah, that was all January. Yeah. All um, right. It wasn't here. the worst. It wasn't the worst month of my life. No. Just... But it was definitely a lot. A lot. <laughs> yes. Yes. For sure. For sure. Um, you know what else is a lot, <laughs> but so much. But we love it, anyways. Um, Bates Patel. Oh. We are on season five. We are coming up on the end, guys. I know episode two, and it is called the convergence of the Twain. Of the Twain, like Mark Twain, like Mark Twain, but but not. But not at all related to Mark Twain. I have yeah. fun facts at the end about the title. Okay, because I so was just like, stay tuned. Uh, the actual fuck? No, I read that also. And I was like, I don't understand what this has to do with Mark Twain. It's nothing. Nothing has to do with Mark Twain. I don't know. Oh, but like, is there is there another, does that mean something that I'm unaware of? It means two more things. So we'll, wow. we'll come. So just as an English teacher, I feel really ashamed that I can't tell you what those two things are um, right now. But I also don't know if that's because I'm in utter shock that that's the title of this episode, and I just can't think that Probably might be that. it. Probably that. Um, <laughs> anyways, this episode aired February twenty seventh of two thousand seventeen. It was rated eight point seven out of ten, which I feel like is gonna kind of be the rating throughout. It's kind yeah. of. I feel like high high eights, low nines is kind of where we're living right now. Like that's where we're at now, which is good. It means we're gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're have a good time. But uh, yeah. So great, excellent. <laughs> the number one song is "Shape of You" 
by Ed Sheeran, which I think is what it was last week too. I think so. Um, the number one movie is one I have yet to see, but it's on my list. Logan. Oh my god! <gasps> Wait, did I watch Logan? Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh. did I watch Logan? I don't know. I don't in know. my Marvel rewatch, have I come through that yet? I, I don't know where you got to in your Marvel rewatch. I'm an Iron Man. Oh, then you definitely did not watch Logan yet, because Iron Man. I'm watching it in chronological, though, not in release order. Yes, but you still wouldn't have. Because something about there's like there's like X Men Origins Wolverine. There's the Wolverine. There's all of the X Men movies with Wolverine in it. Logan, I believe takes place pretty i think it's the latest like pretty close to the end of anything um but no that means that um um right you're right okay no because i know i didn't i didn't want to give spoilers as to how i know it had couldn't have happened yet but it didn't um, yeah, I watched um, the rest of those that you mentioned. <laughs> I have not seen yes. Logan. Um, I now, I was trying to place where I was in my life in February of 2017, but then you said that, and I know who I went to see Logan in the theaters with, which means we're at the point where I was dating the chef that was way more into me than I was into him. That's where February 2017 was in my life. Right. Where was I in February 2017? Law school. My worst year of law school. Still in my worst year of law school. This is, that's just how it is until this yeah, year. I'm yeah. sorry. I probably, <laughs> I'm probably also in the same place because I, I don't think, I think it took, yeah, because, because I didn't break up with Matt until after I got back from New Orleans, which was in April of 2017. April, yeah. mm-hmm. So, so for the rest of Bates Motel, I'm in a really mediocre relationship. Yes, for the rest of Bates Motel, I am in a panic. So it's fine. <laughs> preparing for Caitlin's wedding, preparing for succeeding in law school. It's a whole disaster. Great. Um, the number one book was Right Behind You by Lisa Gardner, which I think we've talked about Lisa Gardner before, and I've said I have read the books and haven't. I think that yeah. was hard. I feel book. like this one is one of the ones that I've heard of and thought I would like and then haven't had a chance to read a book in three years. Right, right. I'm going to make sure this... It was the same book we had last time. Okay. Then, <laughs> that's, then that's That's, why then that's, that's when I said that. Yeah. Um, on this day, things happened. Um, Penn Bagley got married to Domino Kirk. I don't know who that is, but apparently it's a singer. Um... I do know who Pin Bagley was, and this was in the early times before you, because they said Pin Bagley of Gossip Girl <laughs> got married, which means that he is not referred to from you yet. Um, um, wait, but they're still married. That's his wife. Like, right yeah, now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool, 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 cool. And um, Oh my gosh. I Okay, sorry. Her Wikipedia says, Domino Susie Kirk Bagley is a British American singer, doula, and actress. Hell yeah to the fact that doula is above actress in that bio. I love Fuck that. Yes. Good for her. I am. Love that. I yeah. do not know who she is. Otherwise. Not, not even a little bit, but no. like, don't. Don't even care. Yeah. 
Um, this was when uh, Moonlight won the Best Picture Award and we had our La La Land fiasco. Oh, yeah. This was then. And um, also, Bill Paxton died. So this day was a lot of a lot of things happening. Oh, that is a lot. A lot happened. I also remember when Bill Paxton died and I thought it was like last year. But apparently, I haven't. I have no idea what's happened in the past like five, six years of my life. I vaguely remember when Bill Paxton died. Um, uh, but also I didn't remember that that happened until you just said that. So, okay. Well, sorry you about know, that. But, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, the director is Sarah Boyd. Oh. Who has not directed before, but she has worked as an editor on the show. Okay. So we haven't talked about her, but she has been involved in a few of the other episodes. Fantastic. Um, she is known for For All Mankind, which I haven't watched. The Boys, which I also haven't watched, but I've heard is great. We have I've, heard, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Right. Uh, this is Us and Old Enough, um, which I think was a remake of the movie she acted in in the 80s because she was an actress in two films in the 80s, and one of them was called Old Enough. Fantastic. Um, and then she's worked as a director and editor on a lot, just a lot of other things. Um the writers were the same, except we brought back Allison Evans and Steve Karnacki, who wrote on Unconscious. Um, okay. And that's it. I'm not talking about, I've already talked about them. And then our guest star is Andrea Brooks, who plays Joanne Carlson, who plays The Date. Um, she is known for When Calls the Heart, Supergirl, Percy Jackson, and the company you keep. I've not seen any of those. I but. have seen. Well, um, I know of one calls the heart, and I ha- know, and I probably have seen bits and pieces of uh, Percy Jackson because I think my brother like watched that movie. Mm-hmm. But I definitely have seen some episodes of Supergirl. She plays Eve Tash. That means Eve nothing Tash. to me. She's the evil girl next door. Mm, okay. Which has kind of been a recurring role for her, it seems. Yeah. But um, the one thing, the things I would have seen her in, I just don't recognize her because they were one-offs, was Once Upon a Time and I Zombie. I did not see who. Oh, she played Charlotte in Once Upon a Time. Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte. Um, I know because she looked super familiar to me and that sounds correct. Um, who was Charlotte in Once Upon a Time? Sorry, I'm like, I've also been like listening to a Once Upon a Time Rewatch mm-hmm. podcast. Um, Charlotte was um in the second episode of the sixth season. The oh, that was the last season, right? No, my God, sure she. She joins No Way Prince Charming Jumpy. Um, she was in the Land of Untold. Wait, what was season six? And I don't think se- season no season six wasn't the last season because um, that season six was the last season that the, all of the main cast was in, and then season seven was the one where it jumped forward in time. Um, so she was in that last season, which was 2016, 2017. Um, but she was poisoned by... Um, Spoiler alert for once upon a time. Yeah, sorry. She was poisoned by Rumpelstiltskin. 
she is um she was in that weird part where they like were with the land of untold stories where like dr jekyll and mr hyde were there and they like did all that stuff that wasn't fairy tale stuff because she's actually a character from the count of monte cristo okay 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 yeah i only vaguely remember that but i do vaguely remember that yeah um also while it is a main source of confusion for her existence she is not related to albert brooks garth brooks or mel brooks People seem to she's always related to at least one of them. Because this is not a super rare last name. It's not, so I don't know why it's such a big contention, but it was on her trivia page. Therefore, <laughs> it seems to be very... I mean, it would be, like, different if it was, like... I don't actually know. Now I can't even think of, like, a really, really ridiculously, like, rare last Skarsgård? name. Skarsgård? Sure, Skarsgård. <laughs> I don't know why the first name that I thought of as rare and unrelated to anyone was Netanyahu, but that was like the president of Israel, not an actor. So like not also a good example. Also a good example. Right. If yeah, if your last name was like Skarkozy or Skarsgard or Netanyahu, I'd be like, oh, are you related to that one really famous foreign person who has that last name? Because it's a foreign last name, but like Brooks? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. I guess it's just because she's also in Hollywood and it's like the whole thing of like Hollywood legacy families and things like that. And like, yeah, probably whatever. <sighs> but yeah. So with that, here we go. All right. We have our, uh, our great start with our classical music and Norman driving really sets the scene really feels like 1960 psycho. We, uh, we are going to the prison. We learn when we pass the sign. And Norman is on his way to visit Alex. Alex, how dare you show up here? Leave my man alone. Well, Norman calls him out about the hit, which is totally fair. I mean, I also probably would have put a hit on Norman. But if you survive, I would also want to talk to the person who tried to kill me. So, like... Fair enough. Right. Um, but he's still blaming Alex for putting him in the home, even though he literally had nothing to do with it, aside from he paid for it when it needed to be paid for. Right. And, like, that's that. And Alex is uh, pissed off and threatening him. And uh, then we uh, go to the credits. Great. So Good. great. What a, what a time to be alive. What a time. And it was a uh, quite a short opening scene for Bates. Yeah, um, felt very fast, but like that's fine. It wasn't. It wasn't. Didn't wasn't necessary for it to be longer, right? Um, which was fine, I guess. Um, so then we go to we see a view of the motel, and then go to Dylan and Emma, and they are talking about Dylan's found a note from Caleb. Mm-hmm. That says, you know, he's gone. He wishes him the best, basically. Right. Have a great life. And um, so he's, like, kind of in shock. And Emma's, like, telling him. She's like, yeah, um, that makes sense. I get that you're upset. But, like, it's for the best. And then she just straight up tells him that she told Caleb all of this. And I was like, we are in a very healthy, open, honest way. I was like, I was like, honesty. God, it's refreshing. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? And, well, um, and they have this whole conversation about, like, being honest and keeping no secrets. And I was like. 
But here's the thing. So she says, we're trying to live a life in the sun here, which is how they portrayed all of the visuals when it's in a good time and in a bad time Mm -hmm. with light and dark, obviously. Yeah. And um, then she brings up how it's best that Caleb doesn't, is not around Kate. Like it's fine. And she was like, it's the same thing with my mom. So I get how you're feeling. And that's when we were reminded that Dylan knows more about her mom than she does. Which is true. But to be fair, Dylan has suspicions. Dylan doesn't actually know. Like, it's not like Dylan found the body and is keeping it a secret. Dylan is pretty sure his brother did something fucked up, but he doesn't have the answer. So if he could just, like, leave it at that, then he's not really lying. But he also, like found the note from her mom and also found the bear that she had and like didn't tell her any of this and that's true but we do also know that those kinds of notes her mom's written before and they're always lies so i'm not saying that it's not a secret but i also like (sighs) i'm not gonna hold it against dylan but it is sad and when we see how truthful and honest emma is and how we still know that he's keeping something from her and it's going to break her when she finds out that he hasn't told her even if it's best she doesn't know yet you know yeah 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 yeah. i get that so, it's just that like oh things are not 100 percent perfect here even though we want to believe they are but how can't they be in that family well they can't be but we wanted to believe it for a second and they gave us <laughs> that little bit of light and then they're like oh by the way remember this isn't all that's happening right now. Right. So, so yeah. Um, so then we go to Caleb. Put, oh, God, he's at the Bates home. That's what I wrote, Lord, Caleb, this is not a good choice. Yeah, terrible choice. And um, I was like, yeah, no, he's definitely going to die. I guess that's fine. And um, then so he like tries to go into the front door nobody's opening it so he goes to the back i'm like if you're hiding a dead body lock all your doors right like, why was minimum. the back door why was the back door unlocked at a minimum lock all your doors <laughs> and so it would be one thing if he broke in but the back right. door was just like open and i was, was like, like ready to go yeah i was like what is happening <sighs> so yeah so he's wandering through the house and i was like first of all why are you creeping around this house when it's dark like i know he's there because he thinks that norman is going to do something crazy and he wants to talk to norma about the grandchild etc cetera, etc cetera, and he has nowhere to go i but guess also like, also like what the fuck in that kitchen like the minute you saw that kitchen you should have left things were not well there no. like jesus christ caleb use your brain a bit you but, know, uh, you're, you're like, you know your sister, and you know that that kitchen is a bad sign. Right. And then he finds the book, The Lost Art of Mummification. Does he question actual fuck? Does, like, I mean, I'm sure he's questioning why it's there, but he doesn't, like, do further research. He's just like, okay, cool. Puts it down, and then we go back to the prison. It's like, Caleb, Caleb, use your brain just a little bit. Just, just, a, just a bit. So we go to the prison, and um, Alex is gets into this fight with this guy who's learned he's a cop. Because that's how it goes with cops in prison. And at first, I was like, "Did Norman put a hit on Alex?" Then I was like, "Or did 
Alex put a hit on Alex so that he could get into the uh, hospital. Because that's also a very common um, trope. Yeah. State prison. I'm going to be honest with you. Didn't even think either of those. Just genuinely thought somebody in the visiting room overheard Norman calling him sheriff and got angry. Like, that's literally, Mm -hmm. I did not think that far into it. But knowing Alex and how well he has planned everything out in his life to this point, aside from the getting arrested part, of course. Right, right, right. um, Yeah, maybe he did it to himself. Yep. So that was my... My thought process. Huh. Wow. That's a that's a pretty intelligent thought that I never even came up with. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. And um that's all we see for a second. Mm-hmm. And at first and I, I did have a few thoughts where I was like, is he trying to use this as an escape route? Because that's the typical cliche storyline. I was like, or is mm-hmm. he trying to garner sympathy so that they release him earlier? So I thought both of these things were like I didn't even think of that. I thought he just like Norman put that big of a wrench in his plans. Like that's really all I where I, I mean was that's going with him. I that's the one I didn't think about, which was the obvious one. So it's fine. I like spiral, and you're just like, this is what like obviously is right appeared in front of your face, and I'm like, I didn't even see that. So <laughs> two different paths, two different paths there, but it's fine. Um, so then we go to Norman, who's grabbing a cup of coffee in town, and. He's looking out of the cafe window and he sees someone who looks like Norma. And I was like, is he now just visualizing her like outside of places that are like outside of the store? See, I knew it was Madeline and he was being a fucking creep. Well, I also knew it was Madeline, but I also knew that he's seeing Norma because it was the way it was portrayed. And I was like, maybe it's not actually Madeline. And I went through Mm. a whole thing. But again, I'm just like, this is the obvious. And you're like, what if? And I'm like, no, no, he's just a fucking creeper. Yeah. You're like, here's what's happening. And I'm like, what if this happened? Let's take it into a whole nother (laughs) storyline. I'm going to write a new story for this episode. (laughs) While you just watch the episode and tell me what happens. Perfect. Um, So she comes over when she sees him and she comes to get coffee and she's like, hey, what's up? And she like, sits down and she's telling him that she well first of all he acts like like he didn't know she was gonna be there when like obviously she was gonna be there um it's her fucking paint store my dude right right and if you've ever seen her drink coffee before then you know she's gone she goes there to get coffee like of course right so um she does and they're talking and she tells him that he wants she wants to set him up with someone and i was like you're gonna get someone killed correct you don't know that was also my immediate thought i was like oh that's a choice you should not be making right now right and we learned this this girl's name is joanne which is who we've talked about Mm -hmm. related to any of the brooks of fame um and he's like i don't know i don't want to be set up blah 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 blah. she's like oh let's double date let's do this and he says oh i think if you're going it's different i was like are you kidding me she's like oh you're kind of a flirt and i was like this is when it should have ended. Right. This was the end. This is when you were like, oh, you only want to go because you want to go out with me. And you know I'm married. You have no interest in my friend here. You just be like, you know what? Let's call it off. Or be like, you know what? Let's just go out because we're going to do it anyways. It's fine. So, but it's like so she flirts back with him. Okay. I was like, stop it. And then 
and walks Sam Loomis. And as we discussed the last episode, he was indeed the Sam Loomis, the Sam Loomis and um, what's her face? Marion Crane. Marion Crane, yes. Uh, Sam, you done goofed. Yep. And he knows it the second he walks in the door. And she introduces Sam. And Norman is so awkward about it, too. He's like, oh, yeah, what was your name again? Yeah. But Norman's like, I have to say, normally, obviously, normally I do not agree with Norman. But if I were in the situation and I wasn't going to just lose my mind and call everyone out at one time, this is exactly what I would have done. Oh, yeah. I would have made a point to make him uncomfortable. And let him know I knew. Norman teeters on that edge of, like, sociopath and psychopath so well. Yeah. Because, because like, he's fucking absolutely batshit crazy. But, like, the way he, like, manipulates people is so much more sociopathic. It is fucked up. Right, right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's wild. And, uh... Yeah, and so he's like, Sam's just kind of like being nonchalant, trying not to get mm-hmm. called, et cetera, et cetera. And Norman is just like, cool as a cucumber. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great. Cool. And then we go back to prison. We learn that Alex has had a con- has gotten a concussion. And then they're like, don't worry, we're going to get you moved. And that's when I was like, oh, he's going to escape prison. <laughs> That was my next step after that. Mm, yeah. See, and, uh, didn't even uh, think about that either. I think it's just like, I mean, it's kind of cliche because it is such a common trope. Like, when you have someone who gets hurt in prison, whether a cop or not, and it's not explicitly clear why they got hurt, usually they set it up. and they're Yeah. And so that's exactly what I expected it to be. And um, but that's all we got there. We didn't really get a lot. Yeah, they did. They were like, "Do you know your name?" And he was like, "Do you know your name?" I was like, "Okay, Alex. Like, at least like be a person for a second. See, that um, just made me laugh because I was like, I I feel like that is that happens all the time when people who are not used to like being hurt." things happen and they're like being treated like they're injured and they don't like know how to comprehend being like the victim they're just like dicks about it yes correct um but yeah so then we go back to norman and he's getting home to the bates house and norma's learning french i was like of course she is my problem with that i love that she was learning french because, like, she sounded great. My problem with that was that everything that she has to know for her to be this hallucination is in his head somewhere. Right. So is he just, like, casually learning French also on top of all of the fucking other batshit things he's doing today? Maybe this was, like, stuff he retained from, like, high school that he, like, learned in French in high school. So it wasn't, like, super difficult. <laughs> No, but also, like, high school, he was too busy killing his English teacher and writing dark poetry. I mean, that's true, but he could have learned, like, three phrases from French still. (laughs) You got time for that. It's totally fine. (laughs) So, 
I didn't even think about that though. That is a good point. Um, but then of course Norman's still lying to her, and I'm like, she is a hallucination in your head. There is no need to lie to her, but fine. And um, then Chick comes over and like all hell breaks loose. He's like, you gotta hide, you gotta do this, blah blah. blah. And so they're like running amok, and he's like talking to himself. Yeah. And Chick overhears all of it. I was but, like, oh, so Chick does do wellness checks and somehow doesn't think Norman is off his complete fucking rocker. Right. right. That was also what I was thinking. And um, so he opens the door and Chick's like, oh, I brought you apples. I was like, okay, that sounds like a good thing to do. Um, but then it turns out he wants to work together. He's like, but the more the yeah. more he was talking, I just go oh no 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 he does know norman's off his fucking rocker he just doesn't care because he's still chick like got it right yes of course cool as long as as long as we're all on the same page about that because i have a lot of mixed feelings about chick's moral compass but he mm-hmm. isn't stupid and the fact that he just like was blank about it i was like did he just get stupid overnight right right yes <laughs> yes but the answer is no he just no, doesn't care He's like, this is a great business opportunity and I have no money. So right. he tells Norman. So Norman's like, fine, let's go to the basement. But he's like, let's go to the basement. <laughs> he's like, and Chick's like, okay. yeah, let's do it. And I was like, yeah, that's that sounds like a crazy person. But he has a peregrine to be taxidermied. And I was like, of course it's a bird. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And, and Chick's a- telling him. Oh, yeah, go ahead. It's a beautiful bird. Yeah, well, it's dead I now. Love, um, I love peregrines. I, you know, you know how I feel about birds. Correct. But uh, Chick has decided he wants to do this. He's like, we'll go 50-50. He was like, and Norman's like, 50-50. And he's like, look, if I'm bringing you everything to do, and you're just doing it. I like, have. Even the art dealer, or even the person, I guess it's art dealer. Gets yeah. I had a moment where I was like, 50-50 seems like a rough split. And then even before Chick started like talking, I go, okay, if if all Chick was doing was taking it to the art store, like the art place for display, it would be a rough split. But if he is actually like doing the hunting, bringing the animals and making the connection, then yes, 50-50 is fine. Right. Absolutely. It's not like Norman's not taxidermying anyways. Correct. And, um... Yeah, so then we go back to Caleb, and he's decided to stay at the King's Motel so he can stay in town to see Norma Mm -hmm. and see what's what. And this is where he learns that Norma's dead. That was so upsetting. Like, I don't... Especially because, like, I, I know there's been back and forth on Caleb, but generally... Like, even though he's a bad, like, he's done bad things, I think that we can kind of conclude at this point that generally he's not really a bad person. Like, he's mis- like, he's misguided, he's fucked up, but he's not, his heart's in the right place in whatever way he knows how to put it there. Yes, and uh, that's a rough way to find out that your sister died from some random person that you've never met before. Well, he has met him because it's the same motel he stayed at last Oh. Time. That's true. That's true. I forgot about and that. And that's why, like, the guy at the motel didn't even ask his name. He just asked which card he was putting it on and who he was here to see. And then he was like, I don't I don't want to be the one to tell you this, but. Yeah. So, we're going to learn that. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So, then we have a brief moment with Norman 
and Sam Lewis, where Sam is basically threatening Norman. And I was like, you truly have no leg to stand on. I, yes, but I hate Norman so much that I literally just go, damn, I wish he was like, he was like, I am a gentleman. Otherwise I would throw like something about push you down on this concrete, like so hard or something. I said, damn, Sam, I wish you would. Right. Right. As a, you're already not a gentleman. You're cheating on your wife. So you may as well like kill Norman too. It's fine. Yeah. You know. Um, and then we go to Caleb, and this scene is really well shot because Caleb looks so run down. It's, like, it's an obvious difference from the last scene when he arrived to the scene now where he's, oh, like, no. experiencing yeah. everything. And I was like, whoever did his, like, makeup and his, like, look on his face. Mm-hmm. It was insane. intense. Yeah. And uh, he oh, finds sorry. the headstone and he is just... Okay. Did you pause it and read the headstone? I did, and I'll tell you all about it later. Okay. Because I didn't pause it, but I read most of it, and I got to a certain point where I said, you know what? I was going to pause it and read that whole thing, but I am sick to my stomach. I cannot keep reading this. Don't worry. I'll read it to you in the future. Oh my God. <sighs> and uh, so we go back to the Bates home. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, of course, La Vie en Rose is playing. What else are we playing? What else? so norma's smoking and norman's like getting on to her and i was like i don't even know how your brain is coming up with this and he's telling her finally he tells her that he went to the prison and he's like did you still do you still love romero and she's just like and they go back and forth for ages and he tells her he's going to a quote-unquote business meeting and she's like you're really into these business meetings lately, aren't you? And um, then we go to the date. Oh, my God. That Joanne's an actress. and uh, But she's also Wait, a not a good one. She's not a good actress, but she is a good computer programmer. So she's doing that to make money, which, like, good for her. Right. Um, And then they're kind of like awkwardly chatting because obviously there's tension between like sam and norman but they're but trying to also obviously normal. like i don't think anyone at that table thought that what joanne was saying was endearing no like it, like it was like that awkward thing where like you're listening to your friend just talk and the more she talks you're like oh my god you are not the person i thought you were yes yeah. <laughs> can we just stop this now like right 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 yeah, this conversation's not over. Thank you. Thank you. And then they talk about how Norma has died. And Norman has a, like, inward breakdown. And he's like, yeah. I have to leave. And he's like, I have to go to the bathroom. And then he gets there. Which, which to be fair, even if, he wa- even if you weren't crazy, if someone was just, like, brought up your mom's suicide less than a year after the death and it was supposed to be a first date, that's a very fair time to excuse yourself. Absolutely. Like, even yeah, a sane no. person would have walked away at that point. Yes, absolutely. However, a sane person would then not have elucidated their dead mother following them into the bathroom. Well, yeah. Yeah. Saying that they had followed him to the date and know it's a date and et cetera, et cetera. And she asks him at one point, she says, Norman, do you still like me? Okay. I This scene was really interesting to me because coming from having seen psycho first Mm -hmm. there is this weird 
thing about Norman's personality where his mother is the most important person in the entire world to him, but he also clearly hates her in the movie. And up until this point in the show, there is, even when he's been angry, there's never a moment ever where you don't believe that Norman loves his mother more than anything on the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And this scene when he was pushing her out the window and she turned around and said, do you still like me? And he stopped. I was like, this is it. This is the literal break. And, it, and it was so, it was so well done mm-hmm. where nothing changed, but in one pause, everything changed in a way that finally made sense. We because have, like, like, our because like, because you can see, like, he, we know because of all the stuff that happened in season four with the therapy and everything that this is a coping mechanism and he, it's part of his mental disorder that he sees his mother as a way to, like, block out the trauma and, like, when bad things happen, this is the way that his unstable brain has come up to cope right. and that if he was taking his medicine, he wouldn't be doing this and he misses his mom so much that he can't go back to taking his medicine but he also doesn't want to be like this anymore. Like it's, it's like he's having every possible feeling about the situation at once. And you see the sane parts of him arguing with the insane parts of him mm-hmm. without anyone ever having had to say everything I just said. And it's so good. And it's so like quick. Yes. Like it's all of that happens in like a moment. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it was it was probably my favorite scene in the entire episode. Yes, I agree. It was really well done. Um, and that's also the kind of the of that scene. So we go back yeah. to Romero, and his lawyer is telling him he's trying to move him, of course. And Romero says he doesn't want to die because he has a responsibility to take care of the son that Norma left behind. And I was like, like you big dummy. <laughs> Great. You, you're saying you need to kill him, whereas it, you're making it sound like you need to make sure he doesn't die. Oh my god, what a, what a dummy. I know all of these people, nobody understands that he's literally just trying to kill Norma. Oh, oh goodness. So he's committed to staying alive now. We know that at least. Well, um, Whatever it takes to keep you wanting to breathe, I guess. Right, right. I guess. I guess so. Even if that's murder. Um, let me go back to Norman, who's now in the car with Norma, because he's escaped his date, because he's panicking. This. Yeah. This. Okay. I know, I keep coming back to the physics of things, but mm-hmm. it's it's because I know that there's a lot of things that it's very obvious like we see the switch between the two of them and there's ways that you can like imagine what's probably actually happening versus what norman's seeing and and especially in the next episode we get a lot more of that but this he put the keys to the car in his mother's hand before he pushed her out the window Then when he gets to the car, he just takes his keys out of his pocket. And it wasn't it wasn't the fact that they were in his pocket the whole time that bothered me. It was the lack of recognition of the fact that he gave them to his mom and then actually had them. Like it's the little things where like his his hallucinations mm-hmm. don't line up. Like he 
over like he but then he doesn't recognize the holes and i think this was a misstep because i think that they were trying to show us that without him registering it to be like look he doesn't know what's going on but because of how obvious it was for him he should have noticed that he should like but i think no but i thought it was well done that he didn't notice i thought it was well done that he didn't notice because it's it's showing him the, the him losing even the recognition that he's having hallucinations because we we know that he knows that she's dead but then he also right. just can't accept that mm-hmm. so he's convinced himself she's not but like if he didn't know on some conscious level that she was dead he wouldn't have mummified her in the basement. Like he does things. He brings fresh flowers downstairs. He goes down to the basement on some level. He knows that this is all in his head, but the times where he doesn't are getting more and more and more. And his ability to recognize the discrepancy between those two worlds is disappearing. That, yep. That's true. That's true. And, uh, we see that the more as it goes. Yeah. Which means this whole I'm I'm expecting this season to spiral out of control and also be incredible. So I hope that's what happens. <laughs> um but yes, he's he's in the car, Norma's there, and she immediately points out that Madeline looks just like her. And I was like, correct. Yes, we all know. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. And um then this is probably my favorite scene in the episode which is fair but he's like you know spiraling enough so he walks into the bar and orders a bourbon and my first thought of that was is this norman or is i knew it i knew it wasn't because his body language changes so much the way he leaned on the bar when he sat down i was like 110 percent. that's norman not norman and it was, and I agree. Whenever he sat down, I was like, when he walked in the door, I was like, what's about to happen? <laughs> and then he sat down and ordered a bourbon. And I was like, that's not Norman. And mm-hmm. it was such a clear cut difference and such a like, I don't know. I thought that was such a well done scene. Yeah. And well, but this, this whole scene when he's talking to the bartender and we're getting her telling the story and him telling the story, but like also his real feelings about what his mother must think of because it wasn't just like what he as norma felt because we know what he as norma is it was his thoughts about what she would think about who he is it was and i think in his head he also feels that like he just doesn't want to accept it because which is which is every everything that i just said about how he feels about the the balance between his medicine and not and her and oh because he talks about how she's he says i'm the caretaker for a mentally ill person and we learn and he's like going through all of this and bartender's like yeah he probably really appreciates it and he's just like blowing it all off and he's like no he's like i just can't do it he's like i don't know how much longer i can do this but he also says i don't even think he likes me anymore yeah like i don't think he likes me i don't think he cares that i'm doing this like but that means that he thinks that she must know that he doesn't like yeah like the levels of the layers of his psychoses it's intense it's wild yeah and then we go over to chick who has apparently been following him around because he knows what's really going on 
and he's taking notes about him. And I was like, is he going to follow him along until he can turn him in and be like, this is what's really happening? No, I I knew in that moment that he was writing a book. I didn't. Because I literally go, Chick is writing a book about Crazy Pants Norman, and that is my favorite thing that has ever happened. I also don't talk about that this episode, but that's fine. No, no, no. He was in his journal when he was following him. He was writing. I knew from him what he was writing in his journal. Oh, okay. That he was going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know that there's more that confirms that I was correct later in the next episode but in this moment when he's writing in his journal and watching norman i was like this fucking cuckoo bananas man is gonna write a book about this child and his craziness i really was hoping he was watching him to make sure he had enough evidence to turn him in but no that's not a very chick thing to do it's not it's not but i don't really know what chick does (laughs) so i don't know what to do with him and then even less so because then caleb walks into the bar so it seems like a near miss with uh, Norman and Caleb there. And he goes, of all the gin joints in all the world and all the towns, <laughs> I, you had to, and I was like, Chick Hogan. You, I was like, who are you? Like, what is this man? What? Um, but yes. Caleb is on the warpath and he is not having it with Chick. No. Nope. Chick has, like, no understanding of when and where is appropriate to, like, overstep. Because, like, obviously he oversteps more than he should anyways. But, like, Caleb might would actually kill him today. Like, you have to know where your limits are. But to be fair, as soon as he figures out that that's where Caleb's at, he does back off. Like, he's, like, he's, like, poking at his relationship with Norma. And then he goes, oh, wait, you just found out. And he totally drops it. Yeah. So, so like, like a little too late. My God, I'd, I'd still probably kill him. For sure. So like the chick's biggest problem, I think, in that situation is not his lack of empathy. It's his lack of awareness. That one. Yes, that's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> his awareness for sure. My God. Oh, chick. He's together. Insane. He's like, oh, yes. yeah. Sorry. So then Caleb is, we learn that Caleb is accepting that it's norman who's done this and he's like i told her this would happen i told i knew this would happen mm-hmm. and he runs off to go stop norman and we get home and norman's at home and uh has norma and i said oh good caleb shows up in a cab and then i just went, i bet he dies and then he broke in. I was like, cool, we're just going to break in. No problem. Okay. Obviously, wrote, this is going to end I well. Wrote, I wrote, everyone wants to kill Norman, but no one will. Like, I know. How many grown men does it take before he dies? I don't understand. Too many, apparently. So he's running through the house to find Norman, and he finds Norma's body. And this is our first scene. Where Norman is wearing a wig as Norma and kills someone like in the original Psycho. Okay, he doesn't kill him though. I did at the end of this episode. Oh, see, I, I didn't, I wasn't sure. He hit him on the back of the head. I thought it was possible, but I also thought, I, I thought that they wouldn't do Caleb like that. Like they'd draw it out more. Which is fair. I thought it would be Caleb was being turned into the Marion Crane of the original Psycho. 
That would be a fair, a fair thing because of if, yes. the way it was in that moment, for sure. And um, and then Chick walks in to all of this, <laughs> and Norman turns around. And he's like, "Well, now you know my secret." And I was like, "He's not even going to kill Chick. He's not going to do it." He's this like is insane. He's like, "You know the secret. I'm alive." And we have this shot of Chick looking at Norman in a wig, Caleb's unconscious body, dead, mummied like normal all at once and i just wrote holy shit is right because that's what chick says when he sees it all he goes holy and i was like correct chick we are we are on the same page right now and uh that's where we end this episode yeah yeah it is i'm i'm gonna end with trivia so i'm gonna start by asking you who you'd like to punch in the face what would I like to punch in the face? Um, I think that there's a many layered tier of punches. Um, and I think that because I have to accept that this show um, is full of psychotic people with no moral compass, I can't punch people for doing things that I as a human think are wrong and immoral and horrible. I just have to punch the people that I find annoying. (laughs) And so for that reason, I am punching the dumb web designer actress chick who just could (laughs) not have been a less likable character. And like, while I understand that Caleb or not, yeah, that Caleb and Norman and ghost Norma and chick and Alex all did much more despicable things in this episode. I, Despicable no longer feels like a criteria for punching because of where we are. Totally fair. Totally fair. Love that out of all of them, Joanne's the one you picked. Correct. That's where Um, we're at. I did pick based on Despicable. That's valid. It's not any of the people you just mentioned. Because same. (laughs) I picked Sam. You know, I <laughs> thought you were going to pick Sam, but it's you. I understand that he's cheating on his wife and that that makes him a bad person. Right. But your disdain for Sam's affairs while watching a show about a man who quite literally dresses <laughs> up in his mom's clothes and murders people has got to be the pettiest thing. <laughs> Look. It is a real point of contention for me with this show. I really want to punch Sam in the face. Even though I understand there are other people doing worse things. So I mean, I, to be fair, I picked probably the least involved in the crazy person yeah. in the show. Yeah. Right, right. But also so, for a fair reason. Totally fine. <laughs> um, who's your MVP? Chick. <laughs> Um, okay. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, Chick. One. He does actually do wellness checks on Norman, which is more than anyone has ever effort than anyone has ever put in for him. Step one. Step two. 
I can't say that I wouldn't also want to write a book about someone if I knew someone that actually crazy. <laughs> yes. Because it's not like we're talking about a very moral upright citizen. Like, Chick is part of the underground world in himself. But rather than kill people, he's like, somebody else needs to hear this story. <laughs> and I under I relate to that. I do understand that. And I did also Chick. Also, the look on his face when he saw Norman in the wig, same. That that is a fair assessment. Um I almost picked Chick because at this time I was not sure. I thought he might turn Norman in. Okay. He saw what happened to Caleb. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't a hundred percent sure since he didn't immediately run away. (laughs) Um, but he, he closely could have been top, but I also didn't think he was writing a book at this point. Mm. Um, that would have wildly changed my perspective. Um, (laughs) so I think my MVP has to be Caleb. To be fair, while I was watching the episode, I was sitting there and I was like watching it. And when we were at the scene where he was crying at the grave, I go. And when he actually voluntarily left Dylan of his own accord when he didn't have to, I go, Cordy's going to finally, (laughs) finally (laughs) appreciate something Caleb has done after three seasons of me fighting for her to see the good in this man she's gonna finally appreciate him and then he's gonna get bonked over the fucking head (laughs) and be done yes correct (laughs) correct i waited until the last minute but here we are i appreciated what he did this episode and i appreciate that you finally appreciate him thank you and now i have a bit of trivia for you before we head out oh boy um Chick's diary that he's writing and the language that he uses are notes and thoughts from the original psychiatrist and the original psycho. They come directly from that scene. I love that. Um, which is fun. Um, Convergence of the Twain. Yeah, please. Please stop. What it, the fuck is that? It is the Tom- It's a Thomas Hardy poem about the crashing of the Titanic. And it is also used to describe when two things become one, which is obviously Norma and Norman becoming officially one. And now, on that note, I would like to end this episode by reading you Norma's tombstone. Oh my God. The engraving on Norma Louise's tombstone reads, Loveliest mother, sweetest friend, most beautiful woman, dearest flower, purest soul, happiest playmate, wife. Pause, pause one second. That's as far as I got on my own. And when I saw the words playmate and wife together from the fact, knowing the fact that no one whoever would have known her in that context had any clue that she was dead. Um... I threw up in my mouth a little bit, and then I refused to continue reading. So well, now that now that we 
now that we know why I am disgusted, please continue. That's what I'm here for. The world has lost an angel. You will always live in my heart. I will never, never forget you, dear mother. There's a cord between our hearts forever and ever until the sky falls down. Always. Love, Marmon. And with that, friends, if you'd like to talk to us about this episode or literally anything so else about icky. Facebook Hotel, it's just so icky. You can email us, deathandaliens at gmail.com. You can find us on all the social media at Death and Aliens. If you have grievances, please do not send them to us. But you can find me at CECloud13. And you can follow me everywhere at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And we'll see you for Stargate Season 3, Episode... Where are we? SG-1, Season 3, Episode 1. It's very hard because there's a number in the title. I always throw myself off. A lot of numbers. And we just did the origin so i'm all a flutter but please join us for sci-fi sunday it's gonna be a real treat i'm sure all right bye. bye